about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 323 That is three, it's two, it's three, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judo. It's been a hot minute. Delighted to be joined by Wolverhampton Wanderers extraordinaire. He was cold last night. He was chilly. He was tired. He was excited. Hopefully he's thawed out. Mr. Liam Keane. I mean, I'm still freezing. You know, it I, was, I was cold. Struggles, mate. I mean, I, I sat next to you and I, at one point you showed me something on your phone and you were actually physically shivering. I was. And, she said, uh, you're, right, you're right, lad. You're all right. <laughs> I was like, you okay, mate? You feeling all right? Uh, and then even when we did our video at the end of the game, bit of analysis um, after the game, and uh, mm. you didn't look well. You looked ill. I'm still you were I'm struggling. Still, I'm still struggling. Now, I mean, really, that I was so excited because I got a new thermos flask, which I debuted last night at the game, and I filled it out a decaf coffee because I'm like, I don't want to be wired when I get back. I want to sleep. But I'm thinking this is going to be an absolute game changer when it comes to. 35th minute, 67th minute, and it's literally bitter. It was bitter because it was, even though it was like one degree, minus four was what it felt like um, on the old Met office. So wind chill, etc. So I poured it. I was so excited. Hot cup of coffee and it was lukewarm. It was disgusting. It was gross. And you spilled it everywhere. And I just spilled it everywhere. You weren't very happy. And you, you were holding happy. it over me, trying to wind me up and I was getting annoyed. And it, yeah, it was great. You, you know, while I'm trying to do my work and trying to watch Wolves and try and bring the best coverage possible, I've got um, some morons sat next to me. It was a long and game. Then, last I'm talking night. about you, you not to... Steve Maley to my right. I'm talking about you. Wow. I brought you a Bovril at, at full time as well before extra time. <laughs> I needed that the as well, you know. I really um, did Ke- need that. Keena, we've got some exciting news, by the way. Before we start, before we kick off, we've got some exciting news. So people, some people, in the next couple of days, we'll be able to not just listen to us because obviously we're always on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we love you know 12, 13,000 of you each week tuning in. Uh, but going forward, the majority of the time, you'll be able to see our beautiful faces live. Well, not live, but kind of as live because we are going, we're going viral, baby. We're going on TV. How crazy is this? I mean, I knew we'd get our big break eventually. Um, <laughs> I knew, I knew one day we'd make it, <laughs> and here we are. Uh, so I am looking at you now. Uh, yeah, we're going to be on ShotsTV.com, which is uh, online. You'll be able to to watch us on the podcast. If you don't want to just listen to us, you'll be able to watch us. So that's a bonus for every one of you right there. And we're also we're also going to Freeview as well. So you'll be able to, to you know, bang on Sky on the night and uh, Channel 276. We'll let you know when that comes out as well. Um, that's on Shots TV. So uh, Freeview, if you want to have your dinner and watch me and you for an hour now and 20 minutes. I mean, it's nothing better, is there? Who needs EastEnders or Coronation Street? No, especially after last night's game. Um, I'm not. Lo- I'm, I'm looking worse to wear. Not feeling great. No, I'm not quite tired. Great. I've got. I mean, I'm, I am in. As you say, I'm still not in my my new home yet. So I'm in um, a bunker hiding uh, from from the world. I've got next door had a new toilet installed. So there's a guy oh, banging no. on the door and drilling and doing all sorts of things. So it's been a great start actually to the to the. First, so your coat hangers video. behind, mate. Your little coat rack. I mean, bless you. I mean, you might you can see it just here. There is a mm. very there is a wolves related, very old academy photo. I don't know why my family's got this. It's something to do with my dad's work. It's from oh. 2005, 2006, and Wayne. Any players right. play still kicking around? Any 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 legends? 
well, legend's not quite. Wayne Hennessy's sat right at the front, a very young Wayne oh, Hennessy yeah. um, <laughs> from the Wolves Academy days. Mm. Uh, otherwise, I don't recognise any other players on there. Um, so, yeah, otherwise, it's a great background. <laughs> I mean, I've got to swear, I had to move some towels uh, at the back that were draped over the uh, uh, the, the clothes rail. Uh, well, I had to find something Wolves last minute, and uh, I found this this old Wolves shirt. So I'll put it there, but I'll try and make a better background in the future. Um, and I'm like, what's, what's this Wolves shirt? I'm like, oh, it's signed. I'm like, why is it? A bully signed it. I'm like, what's that for? And then it says, to Matt, best wishes, Steve Bull. So I guess someone won a prize two or three years ago from whenever this shirt was. And if there's a Matt watching, uh, Steve Bull signed your shirt and is waiting for you. So I don't know who won it, but yeah, I've got quite a few of those. Yeah, please get in touch, Matt. Your your shirt is waiting for you. Wow, you went very loud there on your audio. Um, so, uh, Kino, and also, and I've got to apologise as well, because we have gone super professional. We've also got a producer now. So there's a poor, poor person in a studio who's got to listen to us and watch us every single week now, which is commiserations for him. But Mark Wilson, got to give him a, a bit of a clap because um, he has got to, he's probably listening to this going, what is this drivel? Well, I thought we were. I thought when we we bought we bought you guys, it was a, this was a top notch podcast, and they're going to realise very quickly that we talk a, a lot of rubbish. Well, that, that, that's a good point, first of all. Um, but I feel like Mark's already going to be part of the team. Look, he's not going to be speaking. Um, hopefully, hopefully not, because you don't want to take away from our star. It's going to be editing editing your profanities, uh, Lee. Editing a, my profanities on a regular, um, regular basis. And, and I think I think he fits into the. Um, the, the podcast dynamic perfectly because he didn't, didn't even know my surname when I rocked up. So it's uh, <laughs> I've killed him there. I've absolutely killed him. Oh, guy, listen to this now. Look, he, look, he, he's he's going to learn very quickly that this is the kind of you know fun and games we have. It's it's um, all love. We uh, uh, had a video. Uh, is a lovely guy called James as well. So I've had a few meetings with him before this, and uh, I had a meeting with him. I think it was back in the, it was a couple of weeks ago now. And uh, he was on the call. I'm, I'm, we're, we're killing, we're killing, killing our bosses here now. It's but, all right. Um, he, he was on call, and he was like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "I listened to your podcast last week," and he goes, and he was trying to find something complimentary, and he was like, oh, "I thought you were, you were, you were both quite funny." content was superb i mean you know the analysis and the way you break it down so you're both uh quite funny so uh, i'll take that we'll We'll take it um mate it's been it's been a hot minute like i said um wolves have been to abu dhabi i've been to texas um mate i mean we're talking and we'll go into barbecue discussion later on but texas barbecue oh my god liam brisket beef ribs pork ribs chicken Pulled pork. I know you love a bit of sausage. It is unbelievable. Honestly, I mean, I, I've I'm now reducing calories as we speak, but crikey, that was incredible. And that's not yeah, great that, for Debbie on camera. That kind of food right up my street as well. I mean, I saw the pictures that you put on Twitter. You sent me a few personal pics as well. I, I and, did. Uh, I did. <laughs> and, <laughs> And it uh, it looked unbelievable. Um, that's I mean, I, I, one of the places you went to was Austin, wasn't it? I've always wanted to go to Austin. Austin. There's yeah, a big, there's a big comedy scene there, and I'm big into comedy. There I really is. Want, I really I want to know go. That. I really want to go and 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 experience all that. But I, one of these days, a Wolves tour there would be ideal. Oh, please. Um, yeah, Sixth Street is kind of like the college hideout, hideaway, and all the bars down there. And there's, there's some great music, and then there's comedy clubs, and there's a place called Rainy Street, which is more for the the kind of um, 30, 20, 30, 40 year olds, the kind of like little houses with bars in them. Absolutely insane. And like you say, music scene and, and comedy scene, which you didn't realize. But uh, 
Houston first for the national championship for the Huskies and didn't quite beat Michigan. But um, then we went to Austin for a few days and then got back late Sunday afternoon, straight into a presser and then and then game last night. So we've got a lot to talk about, Keno. So let's let's crack on. Um, look, of course, transfer news will be we'll be discussing questions. Keno not keen later on. Um, as well as a preview to the the big game against Brighton. But first of all, Wolverhampton Wanderers 3, Brentford 2. I'm sick and tired of playing Brentford. We've got to play them again next month, but thankfully they got through. No one wanted extra time, but at least uh, they, they got over the hill. And my goodness, have we got an exciting game. A week on Sunday, but uh, let's talk about the game first. Then we'll then we'll we'll discuss about them a lot um, in a little bit. Uh, what did you make of the game, Liam? I thought I thought Wolves played pretty well. Uh, Gary O'Neill wasn't massively happy with obviously the, the the goals that they conceded, but overall the best team won, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, the goals they conceded were really sloppy, and and that's the biggest negative from the game. Um, both of them really just switching off, tired legs out there. Um, and then even for the Shandon Baptiste chance that he had right at the, uh, what was it, partway through the first half of extra time. Oh, that when was he really, post. Yeah, that was really tired legs and, you know, just allowing him to to barge his way through, really. So, Wolf maybe rode their luck a little bit and, and obviously gave away two poor goals. But overall, in terms of controlling possession, controlling the game, um, the flow of the game, the momentum, the counter-attacks, Wolves were easily the better side. Um, I've been quite complimentary of, of Brentford overall in the last few weeks when we've had the league game, the first FA Cup game, this FA Cup game. Uh, as you said, there's a fourth game coming up uh, fairly soon, which I'm missing. Thank God for that. I wow. Can't, I, can't, I can't bear Brentford. Another time. That's no offence to Brentford. It's just, I can't write about Brentford again. No offence. So, <laughs> so um, it was... I've been complimentary of them over time. I do, I do think they're a decent side with a decent manager. They've got a lot of injuries, but they were quite poor, I thought, last night. Oh, they were Brentford. awful. I thought they were really disappointed. in that first half where, yes, they, they they took the lead, but they, they didn't offer anything going forward. Mm-hmm. They didn't offer anything in possession. Um, and Wolves was trying to systematically break them down. And eventually they got there. And the first goal, I think, was a really... Um, lovely cross from Cunha, well-taken goal from Tomato. Maybe a tad bit of luck that the ball comes back to him, but sometimes you've got to create your own luck and he got into the right positions. Um, and from then, I think we started the second half and we both said to each other, there is no way Wolves don't go on and win this game. Mm. And then they ended up 2-1 down. So, yeah, yeah had to ride their luck a little bit at times, but without a doubt were, were the better side um, on a day when maybe Wolves weren't at their peak, but certainly mm. good enough to win the game. Yeah, and, and some some positive performances, like you say, they were quite depleted. Maybe a little bit of a surprise, although someone predicted it that um, that Matt Doherty would would start. Uh, and, Sorry, what was not... that about you predicting Neto to start? And I said it wouldn't, and it would be the other three. Santiago Bueno was going to be so two yeah. to one to me. So the prediction uh, is fine. It's fine. Well, uh, well, details. Well, well, well. Um, but I thought I thought Doc did pretty well. And actually, Gary Neal said after the game that he was Doc was unfortunate to be taken off. But just the way that they were setting up at that moment in time with Pedro Neto, they wanted to play him on the left, not the right hand side. I thought it was a better matchup um, rather than, than going against Lewis Potter. We'd have to track back a little bit, so you can understand that. But actually, I thought that he did quite well. I thought that Santiago. Bueno did well as well, and he's starting to find his feet, isn't he? As you would expect, you know, he hasn't had a lot of game time. We know how poor he was against Ipswich, but the more and more you see him now, he's not he's not going to be he's not going to mean he starts every week. Not a chance, you know. You've got Craig Dawson, Gomez, and Kilman. They're your they're your main three. But as a backup, at least till the end of the season, 
I was a little bit scared, a little bit scared and worried at some point when he's playing against, I think it was Fulham, was it, when it was his first Premier League start? And I was like, oh, yeah. goodness me, this could go disastrous. And actually, he did okay. And I think every game he's progressed to somewhere where he's actually a useful squad player at this moment in time. Yeah, and the reason we're so concerned is because of how the game against Ipswich went. <laughs> you know, he comes in for his, his first start. And obviously, it's a cup game. Um, yeah. He really struggled. I mean, he was flat-footed. He was getting turned. He, his positioning was off. Aware. He, he, he was poor that day. He really was. I, um, I've been pleased with how he's come on. I, I have been because he's not played a lot of football. He's making a big switch to to a different kind of football in England um, to what he's used to, and I think he's done. I think he's done well. Um, he's been steady without being outstanding, but steady yeah. enough where it's been it, it's been comfortable. So, yeah, he, I thought he did well. To your point about Doc, um, maybe Wolves' his best player in that first half, or at least in the conversation. First and then, shout. I think first yeah, shout. and then and then I'm lucky to to come off. But understandable why Gary Neal made that decision. Um, and then I might be nicking a segment from you, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Oh, um, okay, yeah, a, a player that I thought was one of the standouts, and the obvious one would be Cunha, which I, you mm. know, I won't mention. But Tommy Doyle, I thought was really good last night at a time when he's having to initially cover for Lamina, which is a tough yeah. ask. Yeah. Then him and Hodge are having to cover for Lamina and Jao Gomez being out. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Hodge, who I thought was actually quite steady and did the, the simple things well and looked after the ball. And there's a few risky passes that didn't come off for him, but otherwise fairly well, fairly, fairly decent. But Tommy Dollar thought controlled the game. That's the biggest compliment I can offer him. He's assured in possession, controlled the game, allowed Wolves to, to keep ticking over in midfield mm -hmm. and then pick that pass to switch, whether it's flank to flank or whatever it might be in, mm -hmm. to get into the final third. So I was quite impressed with him. He's, um, he's taken another another step forward, I think, in his in his Wolves career. Yeah. Um, look, you mentioned the midfield uh, as a midfield too. How, how do you think they did together? I mean, it was, it was a big ask, wasn't it, coming back into that yeah. side? It was a big ask. And I think there was a lot of uh, concern over those two playing together because they are quite similar players. Mm -hmm. um, interesting there wasn't stat. a lot of love before the game, was there? No. I, surprisingly, I don't know why, Joe Hodges is getting a bit of a hard time from supporters. Yeah. Um. He's a player who's played once this season. It started against Blackpool in August and then obviously got that hamstring injury, which kept him out for, was it about four or five weeks at the time? I think about it was. five weeks, yeah. yeah. Then he wasn't really being selected. Then he needed shoulder surgery um, for a, an issue on his shoulder. So he's not really, aside from not being selected during a, a sort of brief period, he's not really been available. And then he comes back in. I thought he did very well last season. We had a, a chat about it yesterday. I thought he did very mm. well last season under Lopetegui when he was called upon. But there's not really anything to judge him on this season as to why he'd be judged negatively. And he's yeah. been getting a bit of a, a hard time. I don't really understand it. Um, he wasn't by any means a standout, outstanding player for Wolves last night. But he certainly was not uh, a negative for the club um, or for the team. I thought he did well. I thought he looked after the ball well, did all the simple things well, as, I, as I've said. So it's a strange one. It's a strange one for him to get that bit of sort of negative feedback, um, particularly without having actually played to get that feedback. Um, and what, what I was going to say was a bit of a, a cool stat, if you will, that um, Hodge and Doyle, the last time they started together before last mm. night was mm. the 2020 Youth Cup final for Man City. Oh, wow. They, they started that final together, beat Chelsea in the final. 
Hodge was the six in midfield and Doyle was the sort of eight in midfield in that team that had Cole Palmer in, McAtee in, um, I forget the, uh, is it Taylor Bayless or whatever, the the centre-back, I forget his name, but he's Mm -hmm. done quite well since then. Yeah, they had a few decent names in that team and um, yeah, those two started started that game. So that was the last time... uh, Last time they start together, and look, look where they are now. Um, we've got to mention the man of the moment, Nathan Fraser, coming on. I mean, what a, a fantastic! I mean, obviously, been injured, linked with a move away. We'll, we'll discuss about uh, later on about Nathan Fraser and his future at the football club. But what a fantastic moment! And you've got to think, probably his best moment in a Wolves shirt. I know he scored, you know, he's made some cameo appearances, obviously, scored this season against Blackpool, but to come on. When your senior team is, you know, on the verge of going out and maybe missing on a Black Country derby to to keep your head when you've just been on the pitch a matter of minutes, seconds really, um, and to get the ball on the outside of that box and drive it across the keeper, back across goal, it was a fantastic finish and obviously galvanised the club to 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 a three two win. Could have had a double really, could have had a brace very quickly afterwards. I think it was a good block, Gowanil. I guess you know from a coach point of view, said in the post match press conference he probably should have scored. But at the same time, those are the high standards that you're probably giving him. But at the same time, one out of two. I mean, um, a massive goal for him. And you can see the pictures are great of him celebrating. I'm going to put them on later on today because there's, there's seven or eight great shots from Getty. And um, the, just the, I'm not saying relief, but the joy of, of scoring there right in front of the South Bank. It was it was fabulous and, and a great moment for him, his family and all the fans. Yeah, definitely. He's, um, I think he's a really good player. Uh, you look at the the Blackpool goal and the sort of context of that goal, and obviously Wolves were winning that game quite comfortably. Yeah, and sure. um, that first goal is going to mean a, a lot to him because it's the first one. But to to your point just then, this one's going to mean maybe more because of the context of it, the fact that Wolves were close to going out, and he comes on two three minutes later. Um, the manner of the goal, it's a really well taken strike. So. He's done really well and he's earned that chance, especially having been injured and been a bit frustrated and not been around the place. So to uh, to get that opportunity off the bench and, and, and get that goal is a, is a big moment for him. I spoke to him after the game as well and um, only the second time I've, I've interviewed him and he was, um, as always is, a really, really nice lad. He's quite almost wide-eyed, can't really believe what's happening to him. Um, it's quite endearing seeing him sort of taking it all in in the moment. Um then discovered, uh, you know, his phone was going mad and all his friends are Wolves fans. He's from Wolverhampton. Um, mm. Then discovered that him and his family grew up Villa fans. <laughs> so he, he he announced that to us. Then, But then said, but I've been at Wolves since I was seven. Um, and, you know, when you've been at a club this long and, and, and you're playing for the club, you know, you, you don't support Villa. You, you know, your allegiances change. And mm. um, so he's a, he's a local lad doing it for the local team. Um, that's what football's all about. And the fact that he's helped Wolves, had a massive part in Wolves getting through to a Black Country derby. Whether he's here or not, obviously, will we'll, you know depend on how the next few weeks go. Um, but I, I would absolutely love it if he came on and scored at the Hawthorns for Wolves. Um, oh, it's going to be a big ask. It'd be a big it ask. Would, it would be, it'd be one hell of a moment for him. Before we get to that game, two other players I just want to discuss uh, briefly. First of all, the return of Mario Lamina. Fantastic. Um, had not had any training whatsoever. I think he trained on his own. I think separately, Gary O'Neill said after the game, but not trained with the team. So to come back, they were hoping it was going to be 20 minutes. It was more like 50, 55 minutes for, for Mario Lamina, which just shows how good this guy is. You know, he hasn't been training with him in Abu Dhabi. He's come straight back. 
Um, obviously devastating loss of his father and, and straight back in. And he's just such a leader and um, could have scored, actually could have scored an absolute worldie, um, you know, when he when he came on. But just great to have him in that side. And Pedro Neto as well, we were we were discussing whether he was going to start or not. He didn't start, but he ended up playing pretty much 60 minutes anyway, uh, with it going into extra time. So two big positives for Wolves going forward, uh, looking ahead to Brighton on the Monday. But, uh, you know, Maybe Gary Neal would have preferred 20 or 30 minutes from both of those, but they've gone to 55-60 and both looked absolutely fine to me. Yeah, it was a bit of a risk, wasn't it? Um, throwing Lamina in at the time mm. that he did, especially considering it went into, into extra time. Um, just shows the the character of the of the bloke as well and, and, and the sort of physical fitness he's got himself in to be able to come back from, what is it, just over two weeks away, not training, not playing, um, for obvious reasons, and then thrown back in at the deep end and um, didn't look out of place at all. Um, maybe not his normal marauding dominant self at times, but certainly didn't look out of place, didn't look off the pace and um, fitted in quite seamlessly. And then Neto, I think it was good that even though he didn't start, that he did get those 60 minutes. I think that he's going to need that. Um, there's a little bit of sharpening on the edges needed with him, which is obvious from, from an injury. You know, Because he, he had a lot of space last night, didn't he? Yeah, a lot of space. A lot which of, you're not uh, going to get in a Premier League game. Yeah, exactly. Um, on, on the counter in particular. And he was um, picking up really nice areas, carrying the ball into really nice areas. Then maybe the last, you know, little action, the last final action in the box didn't quite work for him. Um, but I think with a bit of time and the fact that he's just come back from an injury and obviously ahead of schedule on that injury as well means that mm-hmm. he'll... Um, he'll sharpen up over the next month or so. And um, and if he can start to add numbers in that time, then it's only going to aid to the players that he's uh, he's playing around. Right. Black Country Derby, baby. It's a Black Country Derby. West Bromwich Albion versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, O'Neill didn't go into too much detail. He's looking ahead to Brighton, etc. But there was a motivation there, wasn't there? Of course, for all these players. And I do feel like this generation, Gary O'Neill coming into it, knows how important this Black Country derby is. The fans are desperate for it. They're desperate to right the wrongs of, of Ghosts of Christmas past, so to speak. And uh, I think the players in this group of players kind of get it as well. Um, and they'll be up for it. I mean, I know Mateus Cunha had some great, great quotes after the game, basically saying about he was desperate to play. He's desperate to play in this derby. They needed to do this. And... He's not going to look towards it too much. We'll obviously be previewing it big time next week. But my word, that is going to be some atmosphere. It's going to be carnage. Um, Yeah, it's a strange kickoff time, 11.45 Sunday morning. But I don't think that's going to deter supporters from uh, enjoying themselves first and foremost. I was going to say, enjoying themselves so prior as well, yeah. (laughs) There'll be a few establishments that'll be open prior to the game. (laughs) And then getting into uh, the Derby spirit. Yeah, it's... um, yeah, and there's a four thousand allocation as well uh, for the for the Wolves fans in the Smethwick end. So it's um it's a good it's a good allocation. Uh, I know there might be a few that disappointed they didn't get the full end, but to to have a good number like that, have a good travelling mm-hmm. support. Wolves fans travel in their, in their numbers and, and are always loud on the road anyway. So um, it's going to add to a really good atmosphere. Um, I'm and Albion are going to miss out. By the way, some of the fans obviously going to miss yeah. out with their with their points, and and you know they'll obviously want to be there and be in and around. What I would say is just make sure you stay safe. It's on ITV One as well. Um, it's going to be it's going to be feisty though, isn't it? It's going to be really, really. I mean, I don't think 
Obviously, they've played in the Premier League, etc. But I think there's going to be an added edge to this side. Obviously, I'll be doing well in the in the Championship as well. They'll fancy the chances of maybe causing an upset, but the pressure will be on Wolves because they will be favourites going into this game. Yeah, and, and I'm made a specific point of um, hammering that home over the last couple of days that if Wolves do get through, and now that they are through, to to say the same thing, I think we should be putting pressure on Wolves. Mm. Um, and I don't normally say that, but I think it's fair in this instance because Wolves are having an excellent season. They've got a very good team, a small team, but a very good team. They're playing championship opposition. And as far as I'm concerned, the pressure should be on Wolves to go and win that game, without a doubt. There should be no reason why Wolves should, shouldn't should go and win that game, put it that way. And they it's now about the players stepping up to that pressure. So mm-hmm. we'll put it the pressure on, the fans will put the pressure on, the pressure from the atmosphere in the game and the occasion will be there anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's see how you deal with it. Let's see how the players deal with it. And if the players come away and don't deal with it well and, and Wolves lose the game, they'll get criticised for it. So um, I think the players will be well aware of that. It's um, it's a big opportunity for them to, to right some wrongs, as you said, right quite a few wrongs, unfortunately. <laughs> and um, it, it's it's an opportunity they should be looking forward to rather than, than daunting. And I think they are. You look at the way Matthias Cunha spoke mm. last night. He said, I've played in Brazil, Argentina, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, and I'm absolutely desperate to play Wolves West Brom. Yeah. Um, which in itself is a, is a crazy sentence to, to say that. But Brazilian I love international. That. I love that. Exactly. But I love the fact he said it. Um, and it's what I was saying to you last night on the, on, the, on the video that we did. He is an example of a player, not the only player, but an example because it's, a, it's an easy one to make, of someone who's not from the area, but mm-hmm. I think gets it. I think he understands oh, it. He he loves it. He 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 wants to be here playing for Wolves, and that's what Wolves have been working on over the last eighteen months or so, bringing players in that want to be here, thri- are thriving here, mm. and he is a perfect example of that. So, to to have him speaking like that gives me confidence that the whole squad is aware of the importance and um, and will go into it with the kind of attitude and and, and application, hopefully, that, that they need. And, and on top of that, Gary Neal, I think he gets it. He understands what it means to the fans. He's intentionally not talking about it a lot because Brighton's coming up first, which I understand from his point of view. Yeah. But that's not going to stop us from talking about it. Um, no, 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 no. No offence. I don't care about Brighton. <laughs> Brian, oh, no, Kido, well, you, you've got to care about Brighton. I mean, nah, no, well, I'd wash look, my hands I, of Brighton until, until I, that game's done. I think in these circumstances, and look, we we said, I think going back to the Brentford game, we said, like, what would you rather do? Because obviously the Premier League game and the and the and the FA Cup game were, were very close together. And we said, which would you rather win? And I think everyone, or the majority of people, including us, were like, look, you've got to take the Premier League game, that's the most important thing. If it was anyone else but Albion. I think the fans would say Brighton's more important. And actually, Wolves have got the chance to go into the top half of the table and be right in the mix for you if they do beat Brighton on, on Monday night. So I don't think it'll be a slam dunk. But at the same time, against this opposition, I think you've got to, you've, you've got to think that the priorities are being, don't you? If you had to win one or the other, it's got to be the game. It's got to be no, that you, game. You're, you're 100% correct. If it is an Albion, if that is a different draw... Mm. Anyone else? Anyone else? Literally, Villa literally any other team left in the competition yeah. it is Brighton is the is easily the the priority. Yeah. Um, now Wolves are, are fortunate uh, in a way. I know it might be easier if the game was a weekend rather than Monday, but fortunate in a way that because it's a Sunday game, Monday mm. to Sunday they've got enough time there where they can play sure. two strong teams. So it's not like it's a, a Thursday Sunday or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So 
it is um you know in terms of the fixture schedule and uh, and uh, you know whether it's hectic or whether you can you can deal with it i think wolves are in a, in a decent enough place yeah. the following week's a bit difficult a bit, a bit more difficult well i was going to go on to that i was going to go on to that Chelsea, you play yeah. sunday we'll, we'll thursday sunday yeah okay but they've got an opportunity where they can play two strong teams to get through mm-hmm. it my concern about brighton is are some of the players going to be thinking of the Albion game, like Mateus Cunha already was, are they going to have that on their mind? So um, if you said to me now, Wolves lose to Brighton, but beat Albion and you, and I could take that, I'd take that. As, as much as I w- want them to to keep progressing in the Premier League, I think that Albion game is such a massive one for everyone. I think you, you have to win it. I'd rather, I'd rather Wolves beat Brighton, draw against Albion and beat them in a replay. I mean, I would also rather that if you were to give me the option, but I'm just, I'm just making the comparison. Between no, the I get it. I, I think, and like you say, anyone else and Brighton is number num, num, numero uno for me. I think, but the fact that it is, and the fact that they're going to the Hawthorns, they should win. I agree with you; they should win. And yeah, they are doing well, Albion. But goodness me, this is a great chance. Look, overall in this cup competition, Gary O'Neill wants to run in this cup competition. Wolves can have a deep run in this comp- cup competition because they're doing so well in the league. Because relegation is not an issue. They can really attack this competition hard. I expect them to play a full-strength side against West Brom for the players that are available. Of course, you've got some on Asia Cup and you've got some at the African Cup of Nations, but I fully expect, forget about Manchester United on the following Thursday, forget about Chelsea the following Sunday. He will play the best 11 that he can possibly do in that game, Gary Neal. And for me, if they go there and win, which they should do, all of a sudden you're one win away in the fifth round to a quarter-final. And, and then you start to think about, okay, let's have a, you know, let's try and get to Wembley and let's try and get to a semi-final. You've got, you can't look too much ahead, but at the same time, this is a great opportunity, whether West Brom fans like it or not, for Wolverhampton Wanderers to get into the fifth round of the FA Cup. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and you don't know what you're going to get in that fifth round as well. You might get a Man City. You might get a bilge. You, you might get an easy you might draw get or an easy draw. Yeah. So... You you have to obviously it's a chance you, you're taking your chance a little bit but because of the nature of what the draw is and the fact that they are close to getting to getting to potentially a, a Wembley win I know you can't overlook the Albion game because it's going to be difficult but if they win that they they are within touching distance of mm. of getting to the last stages of the competition so it's a big opportunity for us because I'm still not convinced and I, I might change my mind if they beat Brighton but I'm still not convinced Wolves are going to have enough in the tank for the rest of the mm. season to make a push mm. for Europe. Mm. I think they'll probably that. finish around mid-table and, and, and it'll be a, a very good finish, don't get me wrong. So with that in mind, Gary Neal, and I think he is, but they should mm. be taking the cup really seriously and and targeting uh, a long run here. And as you said, with the, the fixtures, the way they work, he will put out the strongest team available yeah. against uh, against West Brom and, um, and Wolves should win that game. Uh, look, we'll, we'll obviously preview it more next week and play more to discuss about it. We'll have to move on because there's plenty more uh, to chat about. But yeah, just just buzzing, buzzing for the, buzzing for the fans more than anything because they're absolutely they can't wait and everyone's in a good spot with the way that things are going at this moment in time. They finished the season before they had that the winter break or the short winter break in in great style and and you know having this to look forward to a week on Sunday is uh, is delightful, absolutely amazing. Obviously in front of a national audience as well. So hopefully, hopefully this time. They can they can do the business uh, right. Transfer news, Liam Keane. We are January the seventeenth. Not long. Um, transfer deadline day closes. If anyone didn't realise, on February the first this year, which is 
the same night, Wolves play Manchester United at Molyneux. So, interesting. Um, whether there's business going up until the 11 o'clock deadline on that day remains to be seen. Of course, they still can, even though the game's going on. I would suspect, Liam, that they'll probably want to do the majority of their business incomings within the next seven to 10 days and maybe have a little bit of a free run at that busy week like you you suggested there, the Sunday, then the Thursday, then the Sunday. They don't really want to be going into that. Of course, you know, you've got to wait for dominoes to fall and I understand that. Which which leads me to the search for this number nine. Now, Fabio Silva's left, Sasha Kalajic has left and everyone thought, and I think Gary Neal is still adamant that the need is for a number nine to come in. Che Adams has been linked. He was obviously very close to coming in the summer. Uh, Gary Neal is a big fan of his. I think he scored some goals recently for Southampton. But he did say at the same at the same time, we could bring someone in tomorrow, but they've got to be good enough to get into the first team. They've got to be good enough to get into the squad. They've got to be good enough to start Premier League games from the you know from day one if they're a Wolves player. And I think that's starting to become a little bit more problematic. With where they are in the league, Liam, for me, personally, if there's not an outstanding candidate, and I know they've got a small squad, they've let these two strikers go. You've got a young striker last night, Nathan Fraser, who's come on, who's been linked with loans to League One Shrewsbury and a few other teams. He's going to be inundated with loan requests. You're not going anywhere in the league. You've got a bit of a cup run. You've got Huang Hee Chan coming back soon. You could have a a situation in the next three to four weeks where Bellegarde and Sarabia cannot get into this side because you could have Neto, Cunha and Juan. So you've got those two as backups. For me, yes, injuries happen and I get that. Give me Nathan Fraser all day long. Keep him in the squad to the end of the season. Give him a few runouts. I don't think you need someone who's going to come in on a six-month loan deal who may or may not be... Um, ready to sign permanently. He might just come on a, on, a, on a rental who's not really integrated into the team. It's got to be the right character and the right quality for me. And if not, give me Nathan Fraser to the end of the season. Well, let's make one thing very, very clear. Okay. Gary O'Neill as head coach, without a doubt, as all head coaches do, is going to want more players. He's going to want a striker this month, without a doubt. He's also aware of where Wolves are at financially, what they can and can't do. And I think he made a good point last night. You don't bring a player in for the sake of it. You don't bring a body in just to add to the numbers. Mm -hmm. You bring a player in who is going to add to this first team. Fabio and Sasha clearly weren't adding to the first team, hence why they've both gone out on loan. And you need a striker who's going to infiltrate this starting eleven or come very close to and offer something different. They need an out-and-out out number nine. Someone who, yeah. ironically, is exactly Nathan Fraser. He, for, Considering his age, and I'm sure he'll probably yeah. beef up a bit more as well, he's a he's quite a big lad, holds the ball up well, holds his own, goes into battles with defenders. Um, he's no slouch either. He's not, he's not the quickest, but he's no slouch. Mm -hmm. He's going to be, I think, a good footballer. But is he going to be a good footballer or is he going to be Premier League quality right now? There's a big question mark there. But... I do tend to side to your argument in that Wolves have given themselves the opportunity to wait. They've mm -hmm. awarded themselves that luxury because of how well the season's gone so far. Wolves don't need to rush, go into the market, bring someone in who may or may not be good enough. Um, 
Now, I don't think they'd go and overpay for someone because sure. for obvious reasons they can't, but they might bring someone in on, on a loan, a William Jose kind of situation, for example, where Wolves were desperate, had to bring someone in. Clearly didn't work. Would and I that's want what that? you don't want. Exactly. Would, would you want that? And you take minutes away from a Fraser, potentially, or even whether it's Juan coming back to play as a nine mm-hmm. or whoever it might be. Or do you have Fraser in and around the squad and let him let him learn from being around the team? Maybe not play loads, but play occasionally and then have a full season next year mm-hmm. as a 19-year-old and go out on mm-hmm. loan. A full, a full season, probably championship. I agree. Um, and go play a full 40-odd games and hopefully get yourself into double figures and goals and then come back to Wolves after that. Now, that, I think, would probably be the ideal scenario. Um, but you are also... Rolling the dice a little bit, aren't you? Because if Wolves get an injury, God forbid, if Wolves get something in the next two months, in the, if Wolves, and obviously it's difficult to account for this, but if Wolves in second of March, Cunha or Huang go down, and they've got no one to 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 fill that void until the end of the season, it, it's a big ask for whether it's Sarabia, Bellegarde, Fraser, whoever it might be, to step in and um, Tawanda Trewa, he, he's a sort of player in those kind of positions. You can mm-hmm. expect him to step up and play week in, week out in the Premier League. It's a tough ask. So it's a real difficult balancing act. My inkling is to say Wolves will and should bring someone in on loan. But there's a very good argument to say if it's not the right player, mm-hmm. you 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 take a risk and you and you hold off. I've probably said this before, but Gary O'Neill wants, wants new players and he wants Gary O'Neill players. You know, Gary O'Neill hasn't had, hasn't had a, a transfer window yet where he can bring in his players. He's not, you know, he came in at, at Manchester United, but that was a back end of the transfer window. And of course, he understood the situation, the financial implications as well, FFP and, and everything that was going on in, in and around it. And I'm sure a couple of those players who were signed, I think, was it Bellegarde at last minute, I think, in the, in the yeah, summer he was window. Yeah, deadline day, Bellegarde, yeah. Yeah, de- deadline day. But, you know, a lot of these players, will the, the, the kind of groundwork will have been done behind the scenes before he came into the football club. This is the first time where Gary Neal wants to get, and he wanted Che Adams. You know, this was probably a last-minute input. It didn't happen, but he wants to bring his players in. He wants to bring players that he likes, that, you know, he's probably earned that that trust, that respect of the way that he's he's managed the side so, so far. But, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. And if we were, if Wolves were 16th or 17th or 18th in the Premier League, I think we're having a very different conversation to the one that we're having here. But the fact that they are on the verge of the top half of the table, that they are comfortably, regardless of the results against Brighton or Manchester United or Chelsea, they are comfortably mid-table in the Premier League. Feels to me that if they did lose someone, Liam, then, yeah, it is a stretch. But I still don't think that that means that Nathan Fraser is playing week in, week out, 90-minute football. You've got the you've got the ability, and Gary Neal has shown he's got now, he's got tactical knowledge that he can move around players to to change games regardless of who they're missing. I mean, goodness me, you know, remember the Brentford game, different, completely different situation, but, you know, a long time ago, Wolves were playing with 10 men for 80 minutes and they still managed to compete in that game. But it just shows how good and, and the knowledge he's got that he can move things around. I do feel that he can move the change if the chains, if they didn't get a striker in. Um, I agree with you. I think they probably will do. But at the same time, I would not have any issues whatsoever if they kept him. Because I do think that Bellegarde and Sarabia, with these three, if they stayed fit, with Neto, with Huang when he's back, with Cunha, they probably are the ones going to be outside looking in. You can change your formation. I'm sure they'll get game time. But at the same time, you know, they have got a small squad. But when people are fit, goodness me, they've still got a strong bench as well. 
we know under the Nuno that they thrived on a small squad. They can they use it to their their advantage. And I do feel, especially this season, chips are down. Everyone's against them. Everyone thinks they're going to go down. They've, they've, that's, they've galvanised that. Gary Neal's used that. And they've created this fantastic culture. He's turned around the dressing room. He's turned around the training ground. And he's produced something that's pretty special this moment in time. They're in the fourth round of the FA Cup. They're playing West Brom. They're on the verge of, of the top half of the table. They're actually on the verge of the European places. I think that genuinely... Um, this squad, as it is, maybe one more addition. I would not be, I would not be bothered about that if they didn't bring in two, three, four players before February the first. I'd be quite happy. And another sort of argument that that adds to yours, I think, is that let's say they bring a striker in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That striker's got a limited amount of time to impress before Huang comes back. Exactly. Now. Huang has been playing as a, a bit of a makeshift number nine because he, I think he's probably better out wide. Gary Neal has acknowledged that, um, but he's done very well as, as, as a nine uh, in the last few months. Does Huang come back in? And obviously injury and form with South Korea mm. might sort of impact that. But let's say he's fully fit and he's ready to play, he comes in. Does Huang come straight into the team? I think he has to. Mm, of I'd course. Be if he doesn't. So that striker has got a limited time to impress before Huang comes back. Mm-hmm. On let's say Acuna plays on the left, you then got mm-hmm. the right side. Sarabia at the moment is in good form and is difficult to drop. And the kind of character he is as well, I don't think he'd be very happy with being dropped. Sure. So yeah. he's a, it's a different Instagram drop. again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you do drop him, you bring Neto in. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be a gradual process over the next four, five, six weeks where Neto probably slowly gets a start here, maybe doesn't get a start there, and then slowly works his way back into taking Strabia's spot. I'm not sure if Strabia will lose it straight away and be dropped instantly um, because of the reasons I just mentioned. But that's a battle in itself to choose the, who, who starts there. So you might find that you bring a striker in and by mid-February, they're on the bench and they're not playing. And, Absolutely. 15, no, 20 minute cameos. Exactly. And they've got no way of forcing their way in unless they come on and score a goal or mm-hmm. there's an injury or mm-hmm. Huang all of a sudden is really struggling for whatever reason and you need to take yeah. him out of out the spotlight, whatever it might be. But you're banking a lot of what it what's ifs and buts there to you know get yourself a chance. So that argument I think is a really strong one that wolves don't bring someone in. My I, I always sort of err on the side of caution a little bit, uh, mm. probably in life as well as football. And uh, I don't like I taking don't know, too much. I don't know. I've seen some of your summer activities. Crikey. I don't like taking too much. I had a caution. Uh, Balcony uh, gate. Oh, my goodness. Pre-season. Uh, well, okay. Well, that's that was a slightly different... Uh, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't me. That was me after 30 <laughs> drinks. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Crikey. Um, Move the balconies. You could be squashed tomato on the floor by now. We're doing this podcast with Spears. Oh, you'd love that as well. Um, oh, wish. So, so air on the side of caution a little bit and say that if I could, I I, I would still bring a striker in just so you've yeah. got that that option there. I'd rather have it and not use it than yeah. not have it and need it. Put it that way. Um, and if it and if it is a player on loan and they come in and it doesn't go well or they're not happy because they're not playing, you haven't signed mm. them permanently anyway. So they mm. can go back to their parent club and you can move on. So that would probably be why the decision I would make, but I can understand yeah. the reason for not. Yeah, and that might be why you don't sign a, a kind of prolific strike and maybe you do get someone from the championship or whatever who maybe will understand that, that dynamic. Um, 
it's a funny one, isn't it? I think maybe they forced the hand that they need to see to get someone in because Fabio's gone, because they got Sasha out as well. You know, personally, I would have kept one of them and kept Nathan Fraser. And I don't think we're not having this conversation at all. I don't think you need to do it. Um, but the fact that they've got both of them out kind of feels to me that they've done that, even with no definite replacement straight away, that someone's got to come in. But, you know, fair play and props to Nathan Fraser. And like I say, if they're, if we're on February the 1st and they haven't added, I would not be at panic stations whatsoever because of what they've done prior to that. So, yeah, decent discussion that, Liam. Um, we'll move on. Uh, we'll move on to names in the transfer window. Um, look, there's there's a certain... We talked we talk about maybe Che Adams. There's a certain striker in the Premier League who's been linked as well. Um, striker who's maybe not getting as much game time as he wants, who's coming back from injury. Uh, I'll, I'll leave you to to unveil the name, but there are other names in there that Wolves are looking at. And if they did get this lad over the line, goodness me, I, I would be very happy. Yes, when the we had a, a quick chat about the name last night, you you did get quite excited at the prospect of, of bringing him in. I'm um, a big fan of him, and I, and I wanted him actually this time last year, but obviously didn't come back from injury um, yeah. as soon as people thought. But so yeah, Wolves have been linked with um, Armando Brozier at um, at Chelsea. Um, with a, a loan, with a, a possible view, there's been sort of early conversations. I think around um, him being of certainly of interest. Um, the first thing I'll say is that he is among a number of players that Wolves have been looking at at striker. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen straight away. Um, I'm, I'm sure Wolves will want to move quickly if he is available, and Gary Neil will want to move quickly. But mm-hmm. we know how January is, and how January is you know takes its time. So bear that in mind. Um, but he's certainly on a, a list of players that Wolves are, are looking at. And I think it's quite a potentially exciting signing. He's he's young. Obviously, you come out from injury. You've got to bear that in mind. It was a it too was a bad, bad injury as well. Yeah, yeah, but he's a young player. We've seen he's got an eye for goal. We've seen he's done it elsewhere and he's done it for Chelsea on, on, on occasions. And he's the kind of profile of striker that would suit Wolves perfectly. He's a big lad. He's strong, mm-hmm. holds the ball up. He's again yeah. simply it's quite similar to Nathan Fraser, really, in terms of stature and shape and all that kind of thing. No slouch can move about well, the great in the air, exactly. All of the kind of things that I think Wolves will need in terms of a profile of a number nine, an out and out striker, someone who mm-hmm. who is gonna hold that line, hold the ball up, bring others in, others into play, be the focal point of the team. He's exactly that. So mm-hmm. uh, and also his his age and the profile of players that Wolves tend to to, to look at at least um, fits perfectly because let's say Wolves did sign him permanently. He if he if all goes well, he's got potential salon opportunities. There's it's an investment opportunity for Wolves as well as a footballing one potentially. So it'd be interesting to see how this one develops because I think it's um, it would be a very smart move on, on Wolves' part to um, mm-hmm. to to make an approach um, to try and bring him in. And if he's not getting enough games there, then he might get the the opportunities um, at Wolves. And he might be interested. So. I think it'd be a really intelligent one for Wolves to, to go down, and, and he knows the Premier League as well. We obviously know about FFP and uh, Nottingham Forest Everton in a lot of trouble, um, and we'll see what happens to them. As Gary O'Neill has said, um, and as uh, we've said throughout the last few months, um, they've, they've done a great job, and there was issues there. However, they've eradicated those issues, and Wolves are fine. It's, you know, it's a fine line, but they're under that fine line. They're not over, they've got, not gone over the top, and there's no issues there. He said that again last night as well. He reiterated that. Um, and look, they're in a decent position, but they can't sign a load of players this January. This is still, they've got to adhere to the financial fair play. And, um, you know, in the summer, they can look to to make some moves. If they were to, let's say, 
get a striker on loan, Liam, um, can they make that move where, let's say, I don't know how much Broho would be. And like I say, he's one of a number of names. This isn't just the number one target. Well, it might be the number one target, but there will be a number of names there. But let's say Broha is 30, 30 million pounds, 30 million quid, which I think is fair enough, 25, 30 million pound market value. Could Wolves or could Chelsea say to Wolves, well, and, and Wolves say to Chelsea, we'll loan you, not with an option to buy, but with an obligation to buy in the summer for that amount of money. And that will not make any difference to these three years that that um, they're coming under obviously a lot of a lot of strain in, in, in FFP. So they could make a 30 million deal in the summer. And depending on the loan fee and what that would be, um, yes, that would be included in this season. But the actual main amount of money, if they were going to do an obligation, would be fine because that would be a new year. Yeah, it would it would fall into the next financial year. Now, whether Wolves are going to spend that kind of money or not is is a big question mark because it's it's not just a financial uh, situation. It's something I've, I've sort of went over at the same time back in I think it was April last year when all uh, when my sort of my story broke all of the financial fair play issues at Wolves. Is that Wolves also changing? <laughs> it's a smokescreen, Liam. You're talking rubbish, mate. You're talking <laughs> rot. It's a smokescreen. What are you talking about? Yeah. There's no FFP. How did that go? You know um, nothing, lad. You know nothing. It, that same story also included a lot of details about Wolves changing tact in the kind of signings they're bringing in. I spoke about it a lot since then in terms of you know, players you obviously want to be at Wolves and all mm. that kind of thing. But alongside that, it's not necessarily going for these big money players. Now, Jao yeah. Gomez was 15 million, um, which is doesn't mean Wolves won't pay over that because if mm. they think it's the right player at the right time, they have to pay over that, they will. Mm-hmm. But they're more inclined to pay the sort of seven eight million to 15 million range where they feel yeah. that they've had over the last five six seven eight years they feel like wolves have had the most value from players that have come in that bracket you look mm-hmm. at a player like neves and jota mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. willy bolly and they, they feel like they've had the most uh yeah but bang for that their was buck. mendez i mean they really got good deals there i mean they were that's that's, that's a fair but i mean they obviously they'll still use mendez of course yeah. they will, but there's, there's they're not hoping to have an over-reliance on him as, as previously well as well which comes into the same sort of um tactics if you will for for the transfers um so that's the main issue really with with whether wolves will spend that kind of money is that i think they're trying to avoid spending that kind of money mm-hmm. on, on individual players because it's not mm-hmm. gone well you look at fabio silva and Gonzalo guedes and mateo yeah. nunez now i know they made money on him in the end but for mm-hmm. you know didn't particularly go well so there's a lot of players, a lot of examples of being money signings not going well. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I'll say. The second thing is Wolves will definitely be in a better place next summer financially to bring signings in without a doubt. Um, and up until we hear anything different, I'll and I'll report that, that that is the case as it stands. However, they also have to be aware of the rolling cycle with um, the profit and sustainability rules, which is the official name, but I'll call it FFP because that's what everyone knows it by. And it's just easier. Yeah. So I'll call it FFP. Um, so I'll, I'll just very quickly try and explain it again, because I know we've done it a lot and we've done it to death, but I think it's worth explaining where Wolves are at. So the the current financial year, which we won't get the figures for this until this time next year, sure, <laughs> is yeah. the way it works, yeah. which is a bit crazy. Um, that doesn't actually come into the current three-year cycle um and I'll, I'll explain why so the current three-year cycle which Wolves had to put their um the, the rules changed where basically they had to submit their accounts to the Premier League by the end of December I think it was the 31st of December right at the end of the year was the the deadline 
Uh, hence why all of this has come out now two weeks mm-hmm. later with mm-hmm. obviously Everton and, and, and Forrest falling foul and Wolves being fine. Um, the official numbers uh, for this uh, financial year won't come out until I think about Feb, March time. Um, but obviously it goes to the Premier League earlier, which is the new rule. So the way it works is that it's over a three-year rolling cycle and a team cannot lose, not make a loss of more than £105 million over those three years. Um, so the current three-year cycle that's taken into account for Wolves not falling foul was the 2020-21 season. Wolves made a £144.9 million profit in that year, but there was a £126 million and a half, um, basically, folks writing off a, a debt, basically, um, which, because of the Premier League rules, doesn't fall under the, the profit because it basically allows clubs to mm-hmm. allows owners to bankroll clubs so the figure you take from that 2021 20, season is 18.4 million which is the difference between those two figures so that's the profit for mm-hmm. profit sustainability or ffp that's the yeah. profit they made mm-hmm. the following year 21 uh, 22 wolves made a 46.1 million loss so it's around about what is it just under 28 million um yeah. lost for those two years uh, in the red when, yeah. you, when you add them together mm-hmm. so then you come into the 22-23 season, which is the final year of this three-year rolling period, which is the figures we will get in February or March coming up. Mm-hmm. Now, all through the summer and all the way up uh, up until now, I've reported it, and a lot of other people have been similar figures, of around about somewhere between 60 and £80 million pound loss. Now, I understand that's quite a big gap, but we didn't have the exact figures, and we're working with sources to try and figure out exactly what it is. Um, so, Wolves taking that, around 20 just under 28 million figure mm-hmm. wolves could have afforded in the, in this financial year around about 77 million loss and just been on the edge of, of yeah. you know reaching the threshold and not going yeah. over the mm-hmm. uh, and right. reaching the rules mm-hmm. so we don't have that figure yet as i say we'll get it around february march time something like that when mm-hmm. the accounts come out but because wolves haven't breached and the, and the premier league haven't um haven't uh recommended them to the um mm-hmm. to the panel means yeah. that Wolves's loss will be under that figure mm-hmm. so it's going to be somewhere in the 60 to 70 mark um yeah. million pound loss we don't know exactly what it is but it'll be around that um so then what will happen going through this time next year when the figures for this current financial year come out which will be a big profit by the way because of what they've done oh, somewhere and, and all yeah that absolutely um the 2020 21 which was around the 80 million pound profit that will drop off Mm-hmm. And this current financial year will will come in, and then that will be the three year cycle that we're talking about. So, Thank you very much, Matthias Nunes. <laughs> exactly. So, Wolves will um, will definitely be in a in a better position next summer to yeah. to to bring players in. But they've also it, it's something they've got to consistently be aware of, and the fact that they've done all, all this work in the summer and up until now in making this massive profit, which again we don't know the number, but it will be somewhere in that in the 80 to 100 has been a sort of thrown around uh mm-hmm. sort of mark then um it will give us a little bit more leeway so um yeah don't get me wrong well, i don't think Wolves are going to go out and spend two three hundred million um unless things drastically change in their sure. sort of cash flow and the and and their their balance in the books but they'll be able to to spend a lot more and it'll be a, hopefully a, a better summer than it was the summer just gone 
No, I think it's important that you explained it there. And I think, you know, even even for me listening to that, Liam, as well, you know, even though it's like you mentioned it two or three or four weeks ago, it's important just to have a refresh of people who are listening to it and see exactly what the situation is over the three years. And I agree with you. I, I And I, I do. And Matt Hobbs has said, you know, that eight to 15 million mark is where, we, where we're quite happy with buying players. But at the same time, you know, you, you wrote an article this week and we, we discussed back and forth about Mateus Cunha and whether Wolves overpaid for him. And at the time they did, but, you know, you're probably starting to come round to to my opinion, that actually they're getting value for money for that amount um, and what he's showing on the pitch now. Um, I'm not saying that Wolves are going to spend 40, 50 million pounds. However, if you look at the likes of the money that they've got so far and they've accrued this year, and then you go into the summer and hopefully Geddes is going to go, you know, Daniel Pudence is going to go. Um, look, Pedro Neto has got a good chance of leaving Wolves this summer for big money. You know, let's be honest, that is when, I mean, every circling around him at the moment, I don't think he's going anywhere in January. I'm 100% certain, well, not 100%, unless you get a ridiculous fee. But Pedro Neto, I would say, is probably more likely to leave Wolves than stay in the summer. I think he will be the big player that that um, people will look to look to um, to bring in. He's going to be massive money. You know, João Gomez, you've said it as well. We said, could he be legendary? Yes, he could, but probably not because... There's a likelihood that João Gomez might move on for big money because of that turnaround. Let's hope he stays for another year or two years. But these are the kind of players where they're bringing in for low fees and selling for, for huge fees. And I think he he's probably someone who will fall under that. There's already been um, big teams, Manchester City, Chelsea, other players looking at these type of... Arsenal looking at these type of players. Hopefully they, hopefully they all stay. But if they don't, and, you, and you, you know, let's say two or three of, the, of those players go, we're looking at Johnny could probably leave this window as well. And there's going to be a few others periphery. But these are the main players. I think that, yeah, it's fine to stay between that 8 to 15. But if you're going to go and get a striker, you might have to spend £30 million. I think they can quite easily do that. It might be 15 up front and 5, 5, 5 or whatever. But I think you're going to have to reach out to a certain amount if you're going to stay competitive in the Premier League that you can't strictly stay between that 8 and 15 if they are going to carry on and, and continue to do well and thrive in the Premier League. Because if you stand still, you're in trouble. Yeah, I think it'll be probably exceptional circumstances and then maybe striker will be an exceptional position where Wolves are going to have to maybe break that mould. Mm. Um, I don't think it's something they're going to do lightly. I don't think it's something they're going to do regularly. Sure. But I don't think it's out of the question that it's something that, that they do because it's just, it's modern football. It's the way yeah. that, it's, it's the nature of the beast. And it is also, unfortunately, specifically with strikers, if you want a striker to come in and score goals in the Premier League, you normally mm. have to pay good money for them. Or you take a risk on someone that clubs either don't think will do well in the Premier League or don't know if they'll do well in the Premier League and you take a bit of a risk on them and hope they do. So I don't think Wolves will will stick to it rigidly all the time, but I think they'll yeah. stick to it as much as they can because that's the the sort of the um loose rule they've they've given themselves really. And I can I can see why, because the evidence is there. Players they've overspent on have not done well and players they've spent decent fees on have turned out to be bargains. So yeah. Yeah. I think um it makes sense, but you've got to be, yeah, maybe have it as a loose rule and be and be willing to break it when necessary. But then there's been disappointments as well. You've been brought in on a budget and you've disappointed. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it is a pittance as well. <laughs> oh absolute pittance. Come on. Any chance of a raise line? Oh well, come on. Come on in oh, yeah, Uh right, okay. Um it's going to be dark. Go, here, it? I might have to get the light on. It, it is. It's quite dark. It's quite dark. You look. Oh no, the light was on. <laughs> <laughs> Crikey. That's what. It, that's what. Uh, what. That's what that you get for um, 
That's why you care from filming in a broom cupboard. Get yourself a house any chance, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. I'm doing my best, lad. I'm getting okay, there. Okay. A rot- I'm going to buy you a rotor light for Christmas. Oh, if you ever come to my house or come to a party, I have everything wrapped up for you. But you, if, if you I get the invite, lad, I'll be on my way. Wow, wow. Don't you dare. Don't you dare go there, you little rat. Uh, right, okay. Um, quickly, keen or no, not keen. Are you ready for keen or not keen? Liam Keen. Hit me. Okay. Keen or not keen? Wolves don't need to sign a striker. For the reasons I've already said, air on the side of caution, not keen. Not keen. Bring someone okay. in. I'd I, okay. I, feel a little bit more comfortable if you bring someone in. Okay. Gary Neal said this quote last night, and uh, quite a few people um, quaffed at it, so to speak. Uh, so uh, we'll see whether you're keen or not keen. Jean-Ric de Bellegarde is an emergency number nine who's doing okay. Not keen. He understands the number nine role. I'm but... sure he understands it, but you've got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? What did you mean when you uh, play ratings? You were very, very high on your player ratings this morning. Uh, what did you uh, play about? I I was. It's interesting because you praise the team in person at the ground and then the next one slagged them, slag them off to me when I do my player ratings. It's just it's interesting. I thought you were you too high on some players. You're bang out of order, mate. Say it to their face. Oh. Go on. I will do. I will do. Uh, Same in the mixer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll tweet them. Um, them. I like Bellegarde. I think he works hard. Um, I think he's a good player. I don't think he suits that position at all. And I think Gary's just trying to say the right things to the right people. I, I'm not sure not, about that. Not keen? Not keen. Okay. Um, keen or not keen? Matt Doherty is the left wing back first choice in the absence of Ryan Nori. Right now, I think he is. I'm keen. I'm keen on that. Keen. I think right now he is. Yeah. I think... Hugo's got to get himself back uh, to a bit more fitness, a bit more consistency. And I like Hugo Bono a lot, and I think he'll he'll come back and be a good player for Wolves. But I thought Doc looked good last night, and yeah, yeah, um, I'm 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 fancying a bit of Doc at left back or left wing. Love that, love that. I mean those those pink boots, by the way, love it. <laughs> I mean they are luminous pink, aren't they? Can't miss mm, it. I'm not keen on them. Oh, I like them. I thought you'd be keen on them. No? Okay. Yeah. Um, Wolves, Wolves make European football keen or not keen for not just a barbecue, but a Texas-style barbecue. Brisket, ribs, uh, chicken, pulled pork, sausage. And I mean, I'm massively keen for the barbecue. Texas-style, so, baby. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but just Texas-style. not talking about whether it's going to happen. Oh, like okay. A, instead of a regular oh. barbecue, Texas-style barbecue. Oh, no. Brisket, 100% smoked. Keen. Hundred percent keen. It's got to. It's got to be that Texas style, without a doubt. Okay, lovely. Should we take some questions from the beautiful people before we very quickly preview Brighton? Our Let's producer's probably going mental because we're going to be running over an hour, but um, we'll uh, we'll give him some work to do after this afternoon. Um, are you ready? We've got a few questions, but I, I think a lot of them we've already discussed. So we'll do three or four quick questions, and we'll, then we'll preview Brighton Monday. You ready? Let's do it. Okay, Wolfpack. Out of all the strikers we've been strongly linked with, who would you pick? Broher, Ings, Adams, uh, Akitke. Kitake. Sorry, you said what was that? <laughs> Say again, Not great pronunciation. No, no, what, I don't know which play you're talking about. Which, which, which one was it? <laughs> Gone. Uh, Broher, Ings, Adams, the other guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'd be Brozier. I think so. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. D- Danny Ings doesn't do it for me, mate. I mean, look at. Danny Ings or, or Chairs could walk through the door tomorrow, and of course we're going to support them. But 
I don't know. I, I, it doesn't excite me too much. I, I, I genuinely don't think. Excited is not the right word, but I, I could, I could live with either of them and and see yeah. how they get on, get, see how they go on for six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I'm honest, I, I might choose Ings over Adams as well. To be honest, just, um, it's it's a tough one that one. It's it, but I might just edge there. But neither of them, neither of them excite. Wolves are better than that for me. Give me like, and then for the reasons we spoke. Danny Ings, Che Adams. Give me Nathan Fraser. Give me Nathan Fraser. Honestly, I'd rather them two. Someone, a youngster who's going to come through the park, who's going to be you know, great for the future. Give me Nathan Fraser for 20 minutes a game. Honestly. But anyway, I understand it. I'm, just, I'm not going to go back there. But You know, you know what I mean? It'd be interesting what the fans think. Might put a poll out later on this afternoon. What do you think? Yeah, may, yeah maybe, maybe it might be worth it. Yeah, I think bro, bros have those options though, definitely. Uh, can finishing eighth this season get you into Europe? If so, five positions for the Champions League? Question mark. Yeah, I, I might have forgot to do some prep on this question. Oh, excellent news! So, so let me come back to you. But I'm pretty sure it um, is, isn't it? Because with with the Conference League, doesn't it drop down? Or is it? Oh, I, I honestly, I forget. I lose track of it because it's to do with the FA Cup winner as well and all this correct. kind of stuff. Correct. Um, I think that, um, in fact, I think it'd be a good thing. I think I will probably put an article together at some point this after, this afternoon or this this week anyway about how Wolves can get to Europe. I don't want to premeditate it. Maybe just the European positions and how they're going to work. How's that? Yeah, we'll come back to it. I apologise for being unprepared, but we'll come back to it. Uh, Dr. Paul Mansell says it'll be tough to choose between Gomez and Doyle in midfield when Zhao uh, is available again. Is there ever a place to play both of them as a three and Lamina or could that never work? No, it could definitely work. I think as a dynamic of a midfield, it would, it would definitely work, but you're, you're losing either a defender or a forward. Mm-hmm. I don't think this team is going to suit that change. I think this team mm-hmm. suits exactly what, what they are at the moment. And that is a bit of a hybrid formation slash position with certain players and, and it works yeah. perfectly. So no, I, I I wouldn't foresee a change on that, to be honest. Um, ba, 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 ba. Lots of West Ham fans moaning about Moyes. If they sack him, do you think Gary Neal will be tempted to go there? I'll tell you who will be tempted to go to West Ham if they do sack him. And that's not that's not Gary O'Neill, but that's a certain person who has stayed in Wolverhampton who's done every single interview going. I think he does an interview every single day with anyone who will listen. Balagay, The Sun, The News of the World, Sky Sports, Satanta Sports, whoever else is still defunct. It's incredible. <laughs> News of the World. <laughs> that was good. Uh, is that Lobotigi by any chance? Yeah, maybe um, Liga, yeah. Yes, Lobotigi will be very interested in that job, I'm sure. Um, for the obvious reasons, as in he's a former player there, his family, I think, are still London-based, or he certainly was around, obviously he lived there before. Um, I, I can understand from a lot of reasons why it would be attractive. I don't think at this stage and how well it's going at Wolves. I don't think he gives Wolves up for for that job at this point. Um, yeah, so so I, I don't think so. But, you know, he might prove me wrong. Okay. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, John Charlesworth, if Netflix decided to screen the Wolves potty as their next big budget TV serial, which actors would you choose to portray you on screen? And what genre would you like to see the potty um, romantic, comedy, suspense, thriller, gothic, horror, period, drama, etc.? Well, I've already got. I'm going to get a picture up right now. I've already oh. got who would play me. Really? And this isn't even a joke because, and this isn't me saying this. Oh, no. Genuinely, this is the guy I've from been... that, that that police drama. 
Uh, was it Thin Oh, Man, no, no, it? you mean, yeah, 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 yeah. If he was from yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks a bit like me as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's identical to you. Was he called? I can't remember. I never watched the I drama. Can't his name now. Oh, okay. um, but he's interesting. He looks like me. I don't look like him. Just made that. Okay. okay. Um, there's an actor who I've I, I was. Yeah. I had cool. I had one night out with some friends, right. and in the and in this in in the same night, ten minutes apart. Two separate groups of people came up to me and said, "I look like this guy." I'm not even joking. Oh god, here we go. And then on the literally two months later, I was in Brussels with Rosie on a on a holiday. We were in a random restaurant in Brussels, and the waitress said to me, "I look like this actor." Just and literally, just out of nowhere. And then I've had loads of people saying to me since then, "Chris, and I'll Rock. take it. I'll take it. He's good looking." <laughs> that's, that's bad. He is called Paul Meskel, oh. Irish Irish actor. Okay. Yeah, he's got he's got a little bit more on top, but yeah, I can see it. I can he's see got a little it. bit more on top. Yeah, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. A little bit, he um, does grow a little bit of a beard as well, which you struggle to do after your Movember. Yeah, there's a, there's a picture of him with a beard, which I'm not going to show because it just makes me sad that I've not got a beard. Uh, he's going to be in the upcoming Gladiators Two movie as well. Oh, interesting. Doing, doing okay, okay, yeah, yeah. He's um, he's he's like one of those guys. Who's, he did he did a TV show which I've never seen, but people kept telling me that he. I look like him in that or something. Um, but he's like starting to do movies and stuff now. Um, good looking guy, so says a lot. I mean, a lot of people are thinking <laughs> that's so bad from you. Um, who could I, you know, who, you know what, you know, who might play? You? Oh, don't, don't, no, don't, don't, no, stop no. It. I've stop got it, it right now. I've got it. I've got stop it right it. now. And you know what? This isn't, this isn't even me, um, taking the mick out of you. This is actually a good one. Okay. This is on. actually a guy that people like and is actually, you know. You ready? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll take that. A little Pedro bit of last of us. I don't mind Pascal. that. A bit of Pedro. Pedro Pascal's a, Pedro. a good one for you, you know. Um, I'll take that. I like, again, I like a bit of Jason Bateman too as well. But he looked nothing like him. No, I know, I know, I know. I'll take Pascal though. I'll take Pascal. Pascal for you. Mescal for me. 100% comedy. Comedy thriller. Comedy spoof. I don't mind a bit it? of a co comedy thriller because you can throw some jujitsu in there. We could get a bit rowdy love at it. times. Yeah, I think I'll work. Okay, love it. Happy days. Uh, thanks for questions this week, beautiful people. Right, Brighton, Monday night. Me and Liam Keane. Can't wait. What is it? 8.15 kickoff. Absolutely buzzing for that. Is it, uh, is it actually? I don't know. What is it? I don't look. even know what the kickoff time is. Uh, let's have a look. Sorry. I, I haven't uh, mentally gone there yet. You know what I mean? I've got no, you can't mentally go there. For it. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. The kickoff time is... Uh, oh no, it's seven forty-five. Man United eight fifteen on next the next a week on Thursday. Oh, um, eight fifteen on the Thursday. Eight fifteen, yeah, yeah. Man United. Kept, what eight fifteen? And I'm off starting my holiday the following day as well. well I mean, that. people would say, I don't know when you're back. When are you back? You're actually working. Astonishing. Well, yeah, you're going I'm skiing, aren't going. you? I am going skiing. I'm missing two football games, which is not good. Okay, that's not great from you, uh, but that's fine. Um, right, Brighton, 7.45 kickoff. Uh, Monday night, uh, Gary Neal says that the focus is on that. And I think that the players hopefully, I think we'll, we'll, we'll have that in mind. You're not 100% sure. But at the same time, how are they looking? Look, Brighton are hot and cold, aren't they, this season? They've had a lot of injuries as well. Loads of injuries. I mean, Solly March out for the season. Cisco's injured. But they've got a lot of injuries. They have a lot of chopping and changing. It's very difficult. As Wolves have found out as well, they did very well in that first season in Europe. But to play Thursday, Sunday. Now they're starting to get back into the Europa League as well, so after a bit of a break. So um, how do they approach it? What sort of team do you think Wolves will play? Do you think we'll see the similar 
11 that played on Saturday or will, sorry, last night, or will the likes of Pedro Neto get a start? Will the likes of Mario Lamina come back into a start and maybe potentially others? Craig Dawson. Yeah, I think the first thing to say is it, it's a tough game, isn't it? Look, this is a, this is a good Brighton team. Um, that may maybe blown hot and cold a little bit throughout the season, maybe not as consistent, but certainly a good side um, with some good players. And, and we know how it went last season visiting the Amex, didn't we? So we, you, you, was anything better than that is an improvement, yeah. officially. So um, I don't think this, maybe famous last words, but I don't think this is a Wolves team that rolls over as easy as that as well. So I, I don't think that's there's any danger of that happening, but you have to be very much on your guard against this this Brighton team. So I think that the team, by and large, picks itself, mm-hmm. apart from probably that top end and it is Neto that is probably causing that problem at the moment isn't he so I think it'll probably be I mean Silent Goal is probably a no-brainer Tomato's no-brainer uh Kilman I think Dawson comes back in for Santi Bueno uh Totti mm-hmm. the left I don't think it's a cut and dry scenario no. between no. Doc and, and Hugo Bueno but I think it'll be Doc I think you mm-hmm. go go with him Agreed. I think it's I think it's an easy one in midfield with Doyle and Lamina I think it's an easy one for Gary Neal to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that Lamina's... We thought last night that if Wolves could afford not to bring him on, that he wouldn't even play yeah. at all. And, and he yeah. ended up playing, as you say, extra time as well as 20, 25 minutes as well. So he's and played just so you know, Joe, Joe Gomez, Joe Gomez with that game now will miss um, two two FA Cup games. He'll obviously miss last, last night. He misses the West Brom game. He misses Brighton, but will be back for Manchester United. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. an added bonus of getting through is not only you've got the Black Country derby, but he misses an FA Cup game rather than another Premier yeah. League game. So, yeah, yeah Jalgo is obviously suspended. So I think it's an obvious one, Doyle and, and Lamina in midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's that front end that is causing issues at the moment because... You're telling me. <laughs> he, want, Gary Neal wants to play Cunha in that left pocket position. Doesn't mm-hmm. want to move him because mm-hmm. he's getting used to playing there. He's playing incredibly well there. Yeah. It suits him perfectly. And you, if you move him, you mentally he's got to get into another position and then you've got to try and it just misses, moves the team around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with not moving him is that you give yourself a, an issue in striker. I think, it, to be yeah. honest, it's easier to move him mm-hmm. in terms of team selection, but maybe Correct. not easier in terms of team tactics. So that's the problem you've got. So I think he'll stay on that left side. I think Cunha will stay there. Mm-hmm. I think Bellegard stays as a false nine. Ooh, okay. And I think it's between Srabio and Neto to start. Mm-hmm. And based on what I've said previously about uh, in this podcast about Srabio, I think playing well at the moment, but also not being the kind of player that wants to play a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Srabio keeps his place. Okay. Against Brian, I think I think Gary Neal holds Neto off for one for one or two more games from a start. Um, and yeah, and I think uh, potentially he might even start him uh, for, for the Albion game, but I think I think for Brighton, I think Srabi keeps his place and probably quite quickly comes off for Neto, depending on how the game's going. Interesting, I'm going to disagree slightly with you. Um, I think Neto starts for me. Uh, I think they do move Cunha, I think they move moving a bit more central. I think Bellegarde drops to the bench for me, Srabi on that right hand side, Neto on the left. Um, but we will we, we will see, and like you say, they can move it around a little bit. And with Doc starting there as well, you can you can change, you can bring Bueno in there. So there's a lot of different ways that he can go. And I think that we're guessing, and I think that obviously keeps Brighton guessing as well. So that'd be very interesting. Um, right. 
leaves us to say, by the way, the person who won all those shirts and stuff, that was a couple of weeks ago, I wanted it. They need to get in touch. Get, send me your address, uh, nathan.judo.mnamedia.co.uk, or just tweet us, DM us or whatever, and we'll get, the, get those shirts to you. Someone won it, didn't they? From America, I think, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 I'm not sure if your DM's on Twitter are open, but mine, mine are. So if you... yours are. You like to slide into a few DMs, don't you? Yourself, so fair enough. Um, so right, if okay. you're struggling to get hold of anyone, just drop me a DM as well. It's Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's Brighton. It's at the Amex. Um, hopefully better than last season. Please don't predict 6-0 Brighton, uh, Kino, or a couple of seasons ago. Was it Was it last season 6-0? It was last season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 6-0. Was it, was it, was it 6-1? I can't remember. Oh, it was that? Oh, it wasn't great, it was, was it? Do you know what great. I've got? I said I said last week I've got, but um, obviously people couldn't see because it was audio. Because now we're we're beautiful visual visual because we are on shots and on freeview uh, two seven six as well. People will be able to watch us this week and going forward. Uh, we've got the magic eight ball as well. We've got the magic eight ball. We've got the magic eight ball. Here to see go. what's going to happen. So um, do you want to do? Should we do the magic eight ball now or before we do the predictions, or do you want to do it there afterwards? You you choose. You choose. Predictions first. Eight ball at the end. Okay, um, I'll go first and we'll go with you for the prize. What prize should we give away? Silence is always good, isn't it, for a podcast? Mm. Mm. What prize shall we give away? Uh, I'll tell you what we'll give away. We will give away a kettleandtoasterman.co.uk product because, I ha- because they're a fantastic graded product specialist and our sponsors. Let's give away a warm light traditional convection heater um, to the RIP of £45, but we're throwing it in there with... A Wolverhampton Wanderers away kit. How is that? Perfect. Sounds good to me. Okay. I'm going to say it's going to be an interesting game. I think the Wolves get some points in this game. I'm going to say Brighton won. Wolverhampton Wanderers won, baby. Right then. Okay. Here we go for the money, for the big for the big bucks. Retweet, remember, my tweet or Liam's tweet, and you'll be automatically entered into this prize draw. Now, I hope I'm wrong. Oh. <laughs> I think all eyes on Albion. Brighton's wow. a distraction. Wow. Question of professionalism. Wolves lose 2-1. Okay, excellent. But news. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Okay, so you've but gone for 2-1 uh, I don't often do that, but I've decided to go for it. Okay, I'm ready for what matters, and this matters. You ready? Here we go. Oh, Magic 8-Ball. Will Wolves beat Brighton? Or should I say beat or come away with at least a point? Uh, get a result against. Will Wolves get a result against Brighton at the Amex a week on Monday? Really? Oh, outlook good. Outlook good, says the eight ball. Wow, okay. The eight outlook. ball has spoken. Outlook, outlook good. Mm, can't mm, really no, see no, it, but it's fine. Right. I'll, work, I'll work on that next week. We're, we're in, we're in you know, the early process of this. But um, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, thank you very much, Liam. Uh, I shall see you for the press conference and I'll see you for a Monday for Brighton as well for a little little road trip. I'll meet you there. Staying overnight, boozing it up. I'm excited. Brighton Rock on the pier. <laughs> Uh, I, I, there was, I was close to making a joke there, but I'll leave it. It's fine. Probably, for, best, for, probably for, for another day. For another day. Keep it PG. Uh, thank you very much uh, from me, from Liam. Remember, you can see us on Shots. You can see us on Freeview Two Seven Six, and of course, all good post- podcasting platforms. From me, from Liam, take care. Bye bye.